0: Have you ever been to a party and got into a conversation with somebody that you don't know and it's turned out to be an argument? You had a difference of opinion about politics or religion or eating or exercise or parenting or financial planning or something, sport, doesn't matter, and you ended up having an argument. And you might be the person that enjoys that kind of thing or you might be the person that doesn't like to have arguments or confrontation or uncomfortable, awkward, uh, hurtful conversations with people. If you are the latter, and that's me, I'm really not. I, I like to leave a conversation where I feel like I've added some value to somebody's life, not left them angry or frustrated or annoyed. How about you? So, how do we avoid those horrible conversations or those arguments or those uncomfortable, awkward? Uh, we disagree with each other and we don't know how to do it properly. Can you actually have a conversation with somebody, disagree with everything that they say, but still walk away with a big smile on your face? They feel great that they've had a conversation with somebody that's listened and you feel great because you've added value to somebody's life. And that's the kind of conversation that I'm studying from a communication point of view uh, every single day. Obviously, as an exercise professional, there's three parts. How do I get people fit? How do I get people strong? And then how do I communicate that information to each individual person? So a big part of being an exercise professional, and I'll rephrase, a big part of being a professional in any profession is that you have the ability to communicate effectively. Would that be fair? So how do I uh, become a superb communicator? Doesn't that sound awesome? How do I handle every conversation Uh, every disagreement, every confrontational uh, difference of opinion, how do I handle that so that everybody feels comfortable and we can walk away as friends with big happy smiley faces? Is that possible? Well, uh, the experts in communication, behavioral science, scientists, the uh, psychologists and psychiatrists that study human behavior will suggest that there are a certain uh, set of Uh, I don't want to call them rules, but there's certainly a a certain set of strategies that could be very helpful if you want to create great relationships, build rapport, and avoid confrontational, horrible arguments. Now, of course, could this be very helpful, not just at a party, uh, but if you are a a leader, if you're a coach, if you're a teacher, if you're a boss, if you're a manager, if you're a pastor, if you sit on a board of trustees, any time when there's going to be differences of opinion... Could it be a really good idea to be able to handle those with style and grace? If the answer is yes, here's what the experts suggest. Number one is: Is it possible that there are people who have a difference of opinion to you? And uh, I'll rephrase that because, of course, the answer to that is yes. But do they have the right to that to have that opinion, regardless of what you believe? And I'll go through the controversial ones: religion, politics, exercise, food. Uh, sport, uh, sexual persuasion, any of those really uh, controversial topics. Is it possible that there's everything from this end of the scale to the extreme other end of the scale and everything in between? So if you use something like religion, how many religions are there and do any of them agree? Political beliefs, how many are there and how how close could we get to agreeing do we actually have to agree? And I was brought up in an environment where you just didn't talk about such things. There were the things that when you met somebody at a party, uh, you didn't talk about religion, you didn't talk about politics, you didn't talk about sexual persuasion. And we should probably add to that now, eating and exercise, because they're such controversial topics. And then if you talk about money, finances, uh, the future of the world, climate change, uh, anything to do with education, we have these huge arguments. So how do we avoid those? It goes like this. If you know that somebody could have an opposing opinion to you, could it be a good idea to find out what their opinion is? Or I'll rephrase again, before we we make any statements or have any conversations, could it be a really good idea to become the person who asks questions and is genuinely interested in the other person before we start talking about ourselves? Have you ever been in that situation where you've started talking and stuff's coming out of your mouth and you're thinking, I really need to take that back because I've got no idea what this other person believes. And we live in a world now where there are some really major differences of opinion. Could it be a really good idea if you don't want to have an argument or you don't want to get into a confrontation that you find out exactly where the other person's coming from first uh, without disagreeing, without getting into an argument. So tell me about you is, of course, the beautiful open-ended question to start any conversation. So you meet somebody at a party, at a business networking event, at the supermarket, at a barbecue, doesn't matter, wherever you meet a new person, what a great way to open any conversation. Tell me about you. Sometimes people will share with me, "Roly, people don't want to talk about themselves. In my personal opinion, that has never happened to me. I've never met anybody that didn't want to talk about themselves. But let's let's just say there are people who don't. Uh, Could it be that they don't want to talk because we don't seem genuinely interested? So if you lean forward, maintain eye contact, open body language, ask the question and then actively listen to the answer. And then this great part of superb communication, which is ask two or three questions about each answer. So whatever answer you get, ask another question and another question, not Tell me about this and tell me about that interrogation. But really, wow! How does that work? And why do you believe that? And how did that come about? And is that important to you? See, they aren't uh, conversation statements. They are paraphrase. Oh, sorry, they are uh, com- uh, communication starters that gets a person talking. And then once a person has finished their conversation, that's where the paraphrase back comes in. So if you look at superb communication, just how how it works scientifically. You ask a question, you listen for the answer with open body language, maintain eye contact, lean forward, and actively listen. Ask two questions about each answer. And when you think the person has got nothing else to say, when you really think that the conversation, their part of the conversation is finished, that's when you pause. It's called pause before replying. So lean forward, maintain eye contact, open body language, actively listen, and then pause before you say anything now of course what that does is it shares with the person that you were listening to what they had to say and now you've got to think about what you're going to say does that make sense if you can start talking straight away when somebody's spoken to you first is it possible that just by a subconscious observation the person will think well i was talking and they can start talking straight away which means they weren't listening to what i had to say because they were thinking about what they were going to say and if you didn't listen to what the other person said, and if you're not genuinely interested in what the other person said, is it possible that that automatically, automatically could create some kind of tension, just even subconsciously? So that if you, if you practice this consciously, is it possible that you'll get good at it and then it just becomes natural and normal? So if you're interested in what somebody's got to say, you ask a question then you lean forward, maintain eye contact, open up your body language and actively listen to what they've got to say. When you think they're finished, you pause and then paraphrase back what they told you. Not word for word, because that sounds ridiculous, of course. But what if you were to say, so what you're sharing with me is that your opinion about this particular political persuasion is this. Could that automatically share with your listener that you were actually listening? <laughs> not only did you have to think about what they said before you jumped in with your opinion, but you actually listened and you and you proved that you listened because you could paraphrase back. See, this is just called commu- superb communication and I love it. I, was, I study it every day and even though I've been studying it every day, I'm not good at it. I'm just practicing every day because I want to be known as somebody who is genuinely interested in other people. How about you? I want to be known as somebody that has genuine interest in what another person's got to say in other people's opinions. Is it possible that if you are only speaking, preaching, teaching, telling your opinion, that you could come across as a little arrogant? (laughs) And I have done that many times in my life and I don't want to do it anymore. How about you? So, that simple system, and the reason I can say it so easily is because I've been practicing it every single day and I run through every conversation in my head. Every time I have a conversation with anybody, after I walk away from that conversation, there's Rudy walking away. He doesn't talk to me much. He just cuddles me. Isn't that gorgeous? Rudy's my dog, by the way, just in case you didn't know. He's 20 years of age and, and the love of my life. So lean forward, maintain eye contact, open body language, actively listen, ask two questions about each answer and paraphrase back. Once I've done that, is it possible now that I know a lot more about that person? And now I get to decide whether or not I actually want to share my opinion. And if I've got really opposing opinions from somebody else, so their religious persuasion is completely different to mine, or their political beliefs are completely different to mine, or their eating patterns are completely different to mine, I always ask myself this question, if I give my opinion, if I tell people what I think or what I believe, will it add value to their life? Will it make their life better? And you might say, yes, if I tell them how to eat or how to exercise, it might make them healthier or fitter or stronger. But I really, I'm, I'm really, i very careful about that balance because I'm not sure. Which is why I then ask some other questions about their political persuasion or, or religious beliefs or eating and exercise plans. So... Is that important to you? I think it's a really important question to ask. You eat that way. How important is that to you? And I always use the example, if somebody uh, is a vegetarian for religious reasons, it could be very important to them because for some people, that's the difference between going to heaven and not going to heaven. So I don't want to try and persuade them otherwise if I think that they're wrong or I I believe differently because now I know why they believe it. Uh, If somebody has a particular Political persuasion that's different to mine, uh, why is that important to you? Why do you believe that? And it might be that they've been part of that political party since they were 15 years of age. They're now 70 years of age and they've, they've believed in that particular political headspace all of their life. Why would I think I could come along now and change their mind? And better question, why would I want to? I want to find out more about them. Why is that important to you and why do you believe that? And how did that happen? And tell me more about you. And I share that so passionately because if I'm talking about me, if I'm giving my opinion, if I'm giving advice, what am I learning? I've learned that the hard way, by the way. You walk away from a conversation and you did all the talking. What did you actually learn, Rowie? (laughs) Nothing. There's just gas coming out of your mouth, stuff you already know. So you're just hearing what you already know. Rowie, how can you learn anything, woman? So I'm really excited to meet new people because I get to ask questions, tell me about you, that beautiful open-ended question. And if somebody says to me, as i shared before, other people don't want to talk, uh, I will dig a little deeper because I want to find out about people. So what's important to you? That's my favorite question. So I ask somebody, tell me about you, and they say, what do you want to know? I will say, what's important to you? What do you love? What do you get excited about? What, what do you believe in? What do you stand for? What would you die for? Uh, I'm not a person that likes, uh, as you can imagine, casual conversations. I'm not interested in talking about the weather. I'm not interested in talking about the current political whatever's going on in the world that everybody else is talking about. I don't want to be part of that. I want to be unique and different and stand out from the crowd. How about you? I don't want to go to a social event or a party or a barbecue or a business networking event and be so... Uh, forgettable that uh, I didn't add any value to people's lives. And is it possible that if you ask questions, lean forward, maintain eye contact, actively listen, ask two questions about each answer and be genuinely interested in a person, is it possible that that could add value to their lives? And from a business point of view, from a marketing point of view, from from a how do I grow my business, could that be the ultimate way to grow your business? rather than telling people what to eat and how to exercise and how they should, where they should put their money and who they should believe in and what religion they should be and what political persuasion they could be, what if you were just the person that was genuinely interested and you listened when somebody spoke and you asked questions, questions about each answer and you made people feel like they were actually important? I had this conversation just recently with one of my Max Exercise Professionals and we're talking about what makes a great exercise professional what's the difference between a personal trainer and an exercise professional what's the difference between somebody who teaches a class and somebody who has long-term clients who are prepared to invest a large amount of money in them and you could argue that it's the uh, sorry it's the uh, people who invest money in somebody who's knowledgeable or they've got great qualifications or and the argument there though is that are there people who have an exercise professional in their life uh, that isn't or doesn't have 25 university degrees or doesn't have in-depth knowledge about anatomy and physiology? Is it important to be knowledgeable? Of course. But is it possible that people want help with their exercise program, that people want help with their medical challenges, people want help with their relationships, any of the reasons that people come to you as a professional person? Is it possible that they want somebody who gives a damn about them? Regardless of how much knowledge you've got and how much experience you've got and how many years you've been doing this amazing thing that you do, is it possible that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care? And whether that's uh, to build rapport and, and a relationship because you meet somebody at a party and you want to take them home that night... Or you meet somebody at a business networking event you want to do business with them. Or you meet your children's teacher and you want to build a relationship with the person who's going to be looking after your kids every day for, for seven or eight hours. could be the sporting coach that you want to build a relationship with because they're the person that's going to take you to the Olympic Games. Whatever conversation, hello, Brittany, whatever conversation you get in with somebody, is it possible that that relationship will be built more effectively If you are genuinely interested in the other person, rather than trying to preach at them, teach at them and tell them what to do, give your advice or just stuff comes out of your mouth. And the experts, the behavioural scientists who really understand superb communication will make this suggestion. If you meet somebody for the first time, could it be a good idea for you to do 20 percent of the talking and they do 80 percent of the talking and the reason for that of course is that 20 percent of the talking isn't you talking it's you asking questions so it's one of those things that give me that has given me from the start of this whole education process for me a really good guideline every conversation i have when i walk away from the conversation i ask myself this question who did most of the talking was it 80 20 and the 20 percent of talking that i did was it asking questions or did I deliver too much information? And why would people be interested in me? Is it possible that people are interested in the fact that you're interested in them? And, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll re- I won't rephrase that, I'm just going to say it again. Is it possible that people are interested in you if you're interested in them? And it's not that they're interested in you. They just love the fact that you're interested in them. And I'll go a step further. How many people, and I'll ask you this question personally, you personally, When was the last time you had a conversation or you were involved in a conversation with another human being where they were genuinely interested in everything that you had to say? They didn't argue with you. They didn't disagree with you. They didn't give their opinion. They didn't pass judgment. They didn't give you advice. They just leant forward, maintained eye contact, opened their body language and actively listened. And whenever you stopped talking, they said, well, tell me more about that. And how do you feel about that? And why do you believe that? And why is that important to you? And then they asked you more questions about each answer. And you got to deliver your life, your experience, your inner feelings, whatever it is, without anybody. And again, I'll say it again. They didn't pass judgment. They didn't give advice. They didn't tell you that you were wrong. And they didn't even try and change your mind about anything. They just genuinely listened. And here's the interesting question there. There is one uh, career path where that is done very, very well. And I learned this uh, the very hard way. The top psychiatrists in the world, the ones that, and I'll just use a a financial uh, foundation for that, the top psychiatrists will charge you to go and talk to them uh, around about, Uh, between 500 some even more dollars per hour so between 500 and a thousand dollars an hour depending on the exchange rate and what country you're in the best in the world and if you've ever been to one of the best in the world and i've had the privilege to do that because i've had clients that uh, as an exercise professional they've invited me to go with them to their high charging psychiatrist or psychologist and i took note very quickly and very effectively that when somebody goes to a top level psychologist or psychiatrist there's no information being delivered there might be a prescription written at the end if you go to a psychiatrist but ultimately the best psychiatrists are not doing that either they're delivering exercises medicine and medicine is exercise which is really exciting to me but what happens in that session is that questions are asked and the person starts to talk and maybe because somebody's paying $500 an hour to talk, they're more likely to talk, I don't know. <laughs> um, and maybe the person who's being paid $500 an hour to listen is more likely to listen because they're getting paid $500 to do it. But I actually don't believe that. I think that the top people in the world, the, the genuine people who have become psychologists or psychiatrists or counselors, who genuinely care, care about people, they're genuinely interested in listening. So they lean forward, maintain eye contact, open body language, actively listen, and ask questions about the answers. Is it possible that every human being has in their own brain the solution to their own challenge? If I ask my brain, how do I do this? Is it possible that your brain will help you come up with the answer and with the solution? And if you brainstorm with people who have a brain, so if you then take your ideas and opinions and you share them with somebody who's intelligent, then you might have another conversation where you're brainstorming that idea with somebody who's really smart and now you come up with an even better idea. The reason I share that, my dogs are all excited, there must be somebody coming to the house, isn't it? Listen to have a doorbell that's that's alive and breathing. Uh, I'm asking very personally that uh, as a human being, as a person who cares about other human beings? Wouldn't it be nice to stop giving opinions and advice and preaching and teaching and telling people what to do? And what if we became the genuine interested person who listened, asked questions and listened for the answers? We leant forward, we maintained eye contact, we opened up our body language and we actually listened. You could come away from a party, from a wedding, from a social event, from a business networking group, from a barbecue, and having met a lot of people, is it possible you could learn a heap of stuff? If you, could, you could learn more about different cultures and different opinions and different beliefs. And you could come away from an hour or two hours of interaction with other human beings and be enriched and fulfilled from those conversations rather than just hearing what you already know. So there's my simple guideline, I use it, and please feel very welcome to use it too. 2080, 20% of the talking is done by me, but it's not talking, it's just me asking questions. 80% is the other person doing the talking, and I'm aiming to add value. The interesting part of that, though, is when you have personal relationships, and this is now a very controversial question to ask, but when was the last time you had a conversation with somebody, that listened to you talk, didn't interrupt, didn't pass judgment, didn't give advice, didn't tell you what to do, but you did the same for them? And is it possible that in personal relationships it should be 50-50? But not I do half the talking and you do half the talking, but today I might need to do the talking and you do all the listening, and the next time it might be that you need to do the talking and I do the listening. But you have relationships, the close relationships in your life, should, be, should they be the people who are genuinely interested in everything about you? Well, i go a step further. Why would we be different in our personal relationships to our professional relationships to our casual relationships? What about who we are and what we do with the same thing? So how about we be nice to everybody? How about we are kind to everybody? How about we're respectful to everybody? How about everybody we come in contact with, we are genuinely interested in them because if we're doing the talking, we're only hearing what we already know and we could come across as arrogant. How about that? I don't want to be arrogant. How about you? I want to have a reputation of and I want to be the person who is genuinely interested in other people. And how could could I even say that if I didn't ask questions, listen for the answers? And while I'm listening for the answers, I lean forward, maintain eye contact, open body language, actively listen, paraphrase back. And if I'm going to deliver information, my question is always this: Why would I? Shouldn't I ask myself first: Is what I'm going to say now going to add value to this person's life, or will it detract from their life? If they're really passionate about the information that they've given me, if they're really, um, if they're convicted and they've got a strong belief in the way they vote or the way they. What, who they believe in or the, what sexual persuasion they are or what kind of eating or exercise plan that they're on. And I use that as an example because as an exercise professional, it's really, it would be very easy uh, when you know your anatomy and physiology and you've been studying this all of your life, it would be really easy to say, hey, that's not going to work for you. But how do I know that? So I would never say that to anybody. How about you? I want to hear why that's important to somebody why they believe it, is it adding value to their life, is it working? And if there ever comes a stage where it's not working for them, I would like them to come back to me and ask for help and advice because I was genuinely interested in their opinion rather than I was the person that told them what to do. So have fun at your next social event. Have fun at your next business networking event. And could it be much easier to communicate and much less scary and intimidating when everybody you come in contact with, it's just about, tell me about you, tell me about that. Why do you believe that? Why is that important to you? Ask two questions about each answer and make people feel really special, really important and make them feel that they are adding value to your life because they are. If somebody's sharing their life with you and sharing their opinion with you, is it possible that you could be learning? And that's totally selfish. I agree. I'm I'm doing that because I want to learn from other people. And how can I learn from other people if I'm just opening up my big mouth and stuff's coming out of my mouth? Could you be the person that makes people feel really special? And could that be really easy?